The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. And TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk by TheGorillaPosition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. Presented by the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. We are sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. We are in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape. By using promo code JKPODCAST. And our newest sponsor, Silly Rabbit Vape Shop, located in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada, on Queen Street. Go in there, mention that you are a Turnbuckle Talk listener and supporter, and get 10% off your hardware and vape juice. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. And you can listen to us by finding us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, CastBox, and all those other podcatchers out there. As always, I'm Carl Caravel. And I'm Big Joe. And today we are joined by Editor-in-Chief of TheGorillaPosition.com, Mr. Ryan K. Bowman. Welcome back to the show. Hey, guys, it seems like it's been a while, so it's good to be back. And through the power of the internet, uh, we can make this possible. So while things are, uh, while technology is going our way, we will we'll get the, the ball rolling here. <laughs> so a kind of a continuation uh, from last week, guys, with uh, the passing of Harley Race. Some interesting news, actually, that Carl had uh, first made me aware of uh, after the fact was that um, Vince actually reached into his own pocket and made sure that Harley was taken care of and basically paid all of his medical bills from the, uh, the reports that I was seeing. I, I thought it was a really classy move on the part of Vince. Definitely it was. I mean, we, we like to crap on Vince quite a bit oh, during yeah. this podcast, oh, yeah. <laughs> but these little things come to light that make us go and realize that Vince McMahon is not just a robot who is out of touch with the current product, mm-hmm. but is yet a human being like the rest of us and is able to show some compassion at some times. And this was clearly a show of compassion by paying the medical bills and trying to help as much as he could with a failing in health Harley race. Yeah, guys, you know, I, in my opinion, I'm one of those people that thinks there should be a health care plan of some kind for wrestlers, especially at that level of WWE when there's billions of corporate dollars. So, I think a lot of people's medical bills in my mind, but again, as you guys said, a nice gesture. It's not the first time either. Let's again, not beat up Vince all the time. How many times has he sent certain guys to rehab? Like how many times has he sent Xbox to rehab or Tammy Sitch, whether they got straightened out or not, he reached into his pocket to try to save them or help them. So, you know, he's always, he's not always the devil. 
True, man. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you just said, Carl, you know, we we are extremely rough on Vince the majority of the time, <laughs> but this is something that uh, we definitely can't fault him on. So uh, we'll give, give credit where credit is due and uh, is much appreciated uh, when he does do this kind of thing. So going from that to uh, one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast this week, uh, Ryan, Power of the Pin, which is uh, the weekly article you put out at grillposition.com, and you brought up uh, – podcasting and professional wrestling and uh, it was a really interesting read if you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about that yeah i just you know i find myself now more and more that and i think a lot of us who can't invest five hours a week in in wwe and and i watch impact for two hours and then of course you're trying to go over the ring of honor i think the audience in general it's kind of been a service to a lot of people who don't get to watch the shows or want to hear what other people got to say about it i mean it's it's in my mind it's the sports bar of pro wrestling now it's where everybody goes to chat about the latest happenings the latest events uh, just like after the super bowl or after world series you know the next day after wrestlemania hearing what the podcasts have to say it's 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 a combination of sports talk radio and just the normal guy talk that's been around the internet comes to pro wrestling it's just been integrated and there's so many people like you guys that do such professional show and such a great job that i felt like I wanted to write a column, kind of giving a shout out to all the people I listen to. Wow, we we're we're in a class of professionalism. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, never, never would I have thought that we would be put into a class like that. Ryan, thank you. You're and right, not, though. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's not just the entertainment factor. Look at people who have turned this into. I mean, Conrad Thompson's built a dynasty in podcasting, yeah. and I'm not. Or just wrestling yeah. podcasting. I'm talking podcasting worldwide, regardless of genre. Yeah. Wrestling is, it, it really led the way in terms of podcasting. Some of the earliest podcasts I ever heard were Dave Meltzer in like 2001, 2002. And, and who knew that 20 years later almost, it would be just this incredibly exploding genre in and of itself. Yeah, it's a, a really great, I'll say somewhat inexpensive way for us average Joes, no uh, pun intended there, you know, to, to get our voice and get an alternative voice out there to, to wrestling fans that maybe just don't want to listen to the usual suspects. You know, they, they want to get a unique perspective on, in our case, the professional wrestling business. So it's, it's a great outlet for, for people like us. Yeah, I think that uh, well, I think the Internet, one of the th- reasons that wrestling really gravitated to the Internet is for so many years, people were closeted fans of wrestling. And in the late 90s, when chat rooms and message boards started to become like the thing, all of a sudden all these people who had been closeted fans and then kind of caught on to the NWO thing and the WWE attitude thing realized, oh my God, there were a lot more people out there watching wrestling than just me. And that connection now has carried over into what you guys do, which is basically having a voice. And, and I, in my mind, it's, it's not only, there's not only income involved, there's interest involved, and there's also influence involved. A lot of things that are said on these podcasts get repeated by writers. They get repeated by the performers. You just never know when you're going to say that one thing that's going to send a ripple through the industry. So it's it's on every level. Podcasting has been not only great for the, the people that are doing it, but great for the industry as a whole, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it's been it's been quite the journey you know, for Carl and ourselves. You know, we went from being part of internet radio to we ventured off on our own and we had to start right from scratch to, to now what almost, almost two years late, later now and we're part of the Roar Network associated with the GrillPosition.com and we're uh, one of the main shows over at the, the Hitting the Marks podcast network and we went from being 
nobody's to to now we're we're the part of, of two very popular networks so i mean it, it's it's been it's been quite the journey we've got to meet some great personalities along the way even just at the htm we we got the whole gambit of different personalities from from straight up uh people to the the pw hustle hustle guys who uh make it very interesting <laughs> <laughs> to say the least we have gone from being zeros to absolute heroes yeah. and yes in my mind that's how i'm seeing it <laughs> absolutely yeah, i don't know when i discovered you like i found i started finding podcasts when we started the website it was i guess it was almost two and a half years ago now and yep. and we well, we need some voices, you know, and and I think you guys were pretty well just getting rolling at that time, or or, or the the new incarnation of the show, I guess, mm-hmm. was getting rolling. And uh, same thing with Rick and Jargo over at hitting the marks. I mean, I love those guys. All oh, you guys have become friends of ours, also. And and again, it's kind of fun too when you have a lot of friends who cover the business. That when stuff happens, you can shoot them that DM and go, well, "What did you think about?" It? You know, I, I think we share a lot of ideas too, based Absolutely. on. You know, we, we we talk about the same things a lot. We may have different opinions, but we share ideas, and I think that's that's the great thing about podcasting and, and wrestling on the internet in general. Despite all its downfalls, it's still a theater of ideas. For sure, and I've told a story a couple times since we've known you, Ryan. But from from the onset, I mean, literally how. I found you. I was literally on the bus going somewhere. I was just like well, looking for a guest for a podcast and, and reached out to you. And it was a complete shot in the dark. And, it, and now it's turned into all this. Like it, it's, uh, it's been, uh, it didn't see that coming uh, to say the least. Go ahead, Carl. I, I keep I keep stepping on Carl, man. No, it's okay. <laughs> He's too polite. You Canadians are all too polite. We try. We try. <laughs> And it's it's very it's very odd as well, especially in in the podcasting world, that you have all these different uh, groups or duos or trios or whatever that are out there doing yeah. these podcasts, but they all really seem to to kind of be the same. Yet they're so different. I mean, I just want to I, I just want to take and I'm going to throw these guys out there right now. Uh, Rick and Jargo, yeah. like y- you take Rick and Jargo's podcast, then you take you know Turnbuckle Talk podcast. And there's similarities there between the two of us. Absolutely. And, and the similarities are, are going. So we've got Rick and Carl, who usually share the same sentiments. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Joe and Jargo, yeah. who are usually sharing the same sentiments. But yet we're totally di- – because they're on, they're on like a uh, 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 TV14A type of rating, a G rating. It's just so odd, and and people enjoy both. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're just a yeah, oh yeah, it's the same cookie cutter stuff. We've all got, no matter who we are as podcasters, our own little niche that we do that just seems to draw everybody in. And it's I, I just find it so interesting that we can be so similar yet so different at the same time. I think I think that's one of the things why when I started trying to line up different, you know, just the the podcast. Obviously, we don't own you guys' show. We just feature you guys at the website, which is the same with all of our podcasts. I mean, there's I've never made a, any bones about that. I always want everybody to do their own thing, and the, the biggest reason for that is that I like the mix of personalities. You know, I know when your show airs during the week what I'm going to get. I know when I listen because it's that consistency, that same product every time. And I know, you know, whether. Rick and Jargo sometimes play the shock jock role where you guys are more, you know, laid back. But I found for my time in radio, you know, that's that the best formats 
from drive time to drive time had a different mix of personalities. Talk radio from at nine in the morning isn't the same as it is at four in the afternoon. And I think it's that same way, the, the week, the arc of the week in wrestling. You know, the, what people are talking about on Tuesday is totally different than what they're talking about by Friday and Saturday. And, and I honestly, I think that change in, in direction and the change in personalities from day to day to day is why I keep listening. Because I know every day I'm going to get something different. Absolutely. All right, guys. So going from that to some video game news, believe it or not. And uh, I almost kind of forgot to put this on the run, but thankfully I thought of it again. And Carl had uh, made a mention to it here. WWE 2K20. The, uh, the newest version of the wrestling video game is going to be coming out soon. And some kind of interesting, different stuff going on with this, Carl. There is. They, they've really kind of just opened things up to bringing back different things. Yeah. So, I mean, we're looking at, it's, I believe, like the 20th anniversary of the Raw game series that so. uh, originally uh, started this whole thing continuing through i mean we had our our older games like the royal rumbles and 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 the stuff like that and then those were fantastic games yep. but coming to the newer platforms the uh the sony's and the microsoft platforms uh we really came into focus with the smackdown versus raws now at the 20th anniversary from when that inception happened and they're really kind of bringing back some different things they've got a 20-year storyline from what i understand going to be happening in the game well um most people their big thing is the collector's edition box yeah um unfortunately I was really hyped to to <laughs> see what was going to be in this collector's edition box this year yeah. and I as much as I want to I I don't I don't think I'm going to be getting it because it just does not look that appealing to me they're going to have an official piece a ring mat from one of the pay-per-views Pretty standard yep i have trading cards that have that mm. uh, they're gonna have one of three different autographs either it's going to be edge kurt angle or ray mysterio honestly if i didn't get an edge autograph i i, I would probably try to sell the other ones because I, I really don't care i don't want those autographs um it's so I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm very conflicted. Um, will I buy the game? I think I might just buy the game itself, just so that I. Because I think it's been since seventeen that yeah. I've bought in a game, so it's been a couple of years since I've had one. Mm-hmm. But I might give it another shot just to see. Now I know that you have very different thoughts on this, mm-hmm. like usual. So <laughs> Joe, give us your thoughts, and then we'll throw it over to Ryan and hear Ryan's thoughts on uh, the new. 2K20 for video sure, game. For sure. The, the, two, the two biggest things to make note of here is the developer of the game. Um, WWE has essentially cut ties with Ukes, which has uh, developed a WWE game since going back quite a ways. And Visual Concepts is the one that's uh, taken over. And they're the ones that develop the, the, the NBA 2K uh, game every year, which is arguably probably one of the, if not the best, basketball and one of the better sports games out there so that's an interesting thing there and has me a little bit optimistic and also they have two people on the cover of the game this year they have becky lynch and roman reigns which is interesting when you look at ukes breaking their relationship with the wwe because they really insisted last year and on previous years to not have roman reigns on the cover and then this year very conveniently he gets on the cover in ukes 
pieces out. So I think that that happening is not necessarily a coincidence, but that's getting into conspiracy territory. But, but yeah, it, it, I, I like the idea of this new developer. Well, they're not new, but like I said, they, they, they have a really good reputation. So I'm curious to see how it all kind of pan out. Now, are, are you much of a video game fan at all, Ryan? Or like, um, do you play wrestling games or do you play any video games at all? Or what's the, what's your whole take on that? I honestly, up until uh, last Christmas, had not played a video game in four years. Wow. And then it's okay. got me a PS4 for Christmas because I really wanted one. Nice. And the first game that got was WWE 2K19. Cool. I played it three times and I haven't played it since. Wow. I swear, I just, I don't know the fighting games and those types. Now, yep. you put me on MLB The Show, I can kill a whole afternoon with that. Nice. But, uh, no, I love the sports games. That's really all I'm into is the sports games. And I thought I would dig the, the WWE game, but I think... At that time, I was so busy and just kind of got out of the mix of it. But yeah, I messed around with it. I love the graphics. I love the storylines and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think that it's come so far from the early 2000s when I was really gaming a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I for a long time, just break from video games. But I'm looking forward to, and I will probably buy the, the WWE 2K20 version. Um, speaking of that, you were talking about the programmers uh, are part of the concept team leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, I had heard a rumor that they are actually going to depart and do the AEW video game, mm-hmm. but I, I can't confirm that. I had read that online a couple places, so it will be interesting to see if they take they take their talents to AEW and help develop their first video game. That, that's an inter- interesting take. With that, like I said, with the Ukes getting out of there, they very well could uh, go down that path. That, that's uh, interesting. I didn't really think about that one. I'd seen that online or some, someone had mentioned it somewhere. I, maybe I'd even heard it going mm-hmm. back to what we said earlier on a podcast. Yes, I, yeah. I believe I'd heard somebody mention that that was a possibility that they may be going to all elite wrestling. Uh, God knows Tony Khan has enough money that they can put out a video <laughs> game right away if they want to. And um, I, I, I think it'd be interesting. I'm almost certain we'll see all the same marketing and merchandising for AEW that we've seen for WWE. So I, I have a feeling we might get a Christmas game this year. If not by next year, we'll have a, an AEW video game as well. Yeah. That's an interesting possibility and a definite uh, thing we could see going from the, from that to, to some AEW well, here. Well, oh, go ahead, Carl. Before, before we move on, I, I yeah. want to talk about the biggest controversy with the 2K20 right now. Okay. All right. So over the last five, six, seven years that they've done this, there's mm-hmm. been one person on the cover. Okay. Now this year, we have two people on the cover. Yep. We have Roman Reigns and we have Becky Lynch. Right. Now, w- w- what has Roman Reigns really done to uh, secure a spot on that cover? And why did they not just have the man, the one who is making one of the biggest impacts right now when it comes to the women's division of wrestling? Why did they not just have Becky Lynch on that cover? For me... It irks me to no end that they are doing this huge push for the women's revolution and and the women and the women this and equality and we need to give them better. But yet now again, they're just a sideshow to someone else on the cover. It pisses me off. I want to know your guys' thoughts on that. Do I am I thinking too much into this? Or do I have some validity here? I'll, I'll go first on that one. And I think it's just, it's another example 
I, I hate to point the finger at one person, but I, I don't see. Uh, I keep pointing my finger at Vince. I think that it's just another example of them getting in, getting their hands in there, and, and having to to manipulate it to to how he likes it. And I, I think that that's the sole reason why they they feel they have to put him on the cover because Roman's kind of their spokesperson for you know getting over. You know, I'll say it, getting over. Uh, when one is fight against cancer, so that they 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 want to promote that and and all that, and I I think that's a main reason why. And I I would have had no problem with either one of them being the only one. If if you put Roman on there, you have to do it as some sort of tie into, you know, every a proceed of the purchase goes to leukemia research. And I put yeah. him on there with his shirt. Yeah, you know they're, they're promoting as well. If you want to do that, that's fine. You want to promote the fact that this guy you know, beat leukemia into remission and he's now taken that on as a cause. I would love that to be the cover of the album. That's fine. Or, or the, the game or better yet, if you want to just have, have it be Becky Lynch as a representation of the, the women's division and what they've done, I mm-hmm. have no problem with that, but I'm kind of like you, you sort of, you kind of steal both of their thunder by having them share a cover. I, yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It, it dilutes both of them. I think. Perfect. Yeah, I just I wanted to make sure that I wasn't thinking too much into this. Or Absolutely that, not. You know, I, whatever. And I'm glad that you guys. Um, I'm glad that you guys share kind of the same sentiment <laughs> that I do. But I'm glad as well that you guys were willing to offer your opinion on that. So thank you. And, and I think it's also I think it's also an indication that the women's revolution is losing steam. And I don't think they see Becky or any female as the face of the company at all. Yeah. I don't think any of them, they believe. I, I think that was a nice test run. It got a pop. The ladies got to the main event in WrestleMania. And, okay, that was their time. you know. And now we're moving on to something else. I, I do believe that. And I think you're seeing that in the reflection of the television show where you have mm-hmm. females, tag team titles that never get defended. And, and the fact that they the SmackDown women's titles almost become worthless at this point with what they've done with it. So... You know, I, I think it's another indication on a grander scheme. Maybe I'm looking too far outside the box, but that the women's revolution is kind of grinding to a slow halt. I could agree with that. I think that's definitely been the case. Yes. So going from that, we, uh, of course, Ryan had mentioned AEW possibly getting a video game. So we've heard now that AEW is getting the, the TNT deal. It's going to be on Wednesdays in the U.S. But since then, we haven't heard how this is going to get distributed in Canada yet. We have heard absolutely nothing. Um, not even really any rumors. I mean, some people mentioned the TSN thing, but what do you think, Ryan? What's a, I know, I know you're, you're down in the U S and maybe you don't know a whole lot about Canadian television, but where could they possibly go in Canada? I, I watched Letter Kenny. Is that does that qualify me to be a Canadian <laughs> television expert? Uh, no, no. I, well, I think it qualifies you to be an honorary, an honorary Canadian. Yeah, I love that show. But no, I'm not really sure. I kind of assumed they would be on TSN. I guess I, that's again, you you when you live in a different country, you mm-hmm. think of like you automatically think, well, I guess it'll be on BBC if it's yeah. in England, or it it'll be you know you just know a handful of networks from other countries that you always hear about. Um, I didn't know you know, what the situation was with TNT yeah. or what your, what your cable distribution situation is in Canada. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to cry ignorance on this one. And <laughs> I'm going to be honest when I say that is, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure I'm certain they're not going to, you know, go without airing in this, the, uh, the, quite frankly, in terms of area and size, the biggest country in North America. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sure it's going to end up on somewhere. Because I mean, 
when it comes to TNT or, or TBS, so when I, I, I can't speak for everybody in Canada, but at least where I'm located, I don't have access to, to either or. I can't add it to my cable package. And we know that WWE and TSN had kind of a falling out there, and I think TSN got a little turned off to wrestling. So I don't think that, that TSN's uh, necessarily where they might end up. What do you think, Carl? So now your cable provider down there, is that Rogers? Rogers, yep. Okay, so to, to, to give people who are not in Canada that are listening to this podcast a little bit of background, Rogers is probably the the biggest yep. uh, uh, cable company in Canada. Mm-hmm. So Rogers spans uh, all across Canada with um, certain spots that it's not in. Like here in Sault Ste. Marie, it, mm-hmm. it is not available here, the Rogers Network. Yeah. Um, but we have Shaw Cable. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaw Cable is probably the second biggest um, in terms of cable companies, mm-hmm. and both of these cable companies do not offer uh, TNT, mm-hmm. so it's it, it, it's really hard for us when you know American programming happens over there to be able to get that. But even even like us here, we don't have the USA network either. But Sportsnet, uh, Sportsnet 360 mm-hmm. actually offers WWE programming yep. for us in Canada. Um, as well, you have uh, the Fight Network, not Fight.tv, but the Fight Network mm-hmm. in Canada that offers uh, Impact Wrestling, as well as the Game Show Network, which offers Impact Wrestling. Um, and then, obviously, we've got Fox that offers us Ring of Honor. So out of everything that, that, that we kind of have here, uh, we, we can say that it will not go to Sportsnet. Because WWE has, uh, you know, ties with Sportsnet right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it won't go to Fox because, well, we know that SmackDown is going to be Fox. Right. Um, so, I mean, that really only leaves us with a couple of little options. And mm-hmm. um, one is going to be either the Fight Network on uh, on cable yep. or it's it's only going to be like an online thing if they if AEW decides to go with like Fight.TV. Um Unfortunately, I, do, I don't see any other channel that would really be carrying it in Canada for us, which is really unfortunate. But mm. I hope that it does decide. I hope that things are decided that the Fight Network will carry it, which in turn, the Fight Network and the Game Show Network are kind of uh, in in uh, like collaboration with each other. Yeah. So I don't have the Fight Network, but they show impact on the game show network. So I'm kind of hoping that the same thing happens and maybe we'll get it on the fight network, which will transition over to the game show network and allow me to see it that way. Yeah. It's a big question mark. And I mean, the only thing that I could possibly think of, because I know AEW does a lot of YouTube stuff. Could they maybe put a replay of it on YouTube? Or Bleacher Report Live. They do. I mean, they've got the working contract with Bleacher Report Live and Warner Media owns TNT BR. Maybe maybe Bleacher Report will do a next day replay um, because they're all owned by the same the same people. Essentially, right now, you're looking at at the the TNT, the Warner Media side of things and and whatever Tony Khan. That makes a lot of uh, that cuts out a lot of problems and expense. The fact that they already have that built in streaming service. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're going to see them continue to try to grow that. I think Bleacher Report feels like being tied in in any kind of content that they can air with all elite wrestling is a win for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I, I just I don't want to have to resort to unscrupulous ways to to, to watch this stuff. Uh, kind of a weird way of saying it, but like I just I don't want to have to resort to borderline illegal ways of watching this stuff because it's something that you know, I definitely I would prefer to. I know for a while it, it could end up being must see TV, and if up here if we can't watch it live, damn, that's gonna suck. That's it's gonna suck, and it's gonna be hard for us for the podcast because we are gonna have to find yeah. those unscrupulous ways as you say <laughs> yeah. to uh find the shows for us to be able to uh, have the best content for our listeners and that's uh that's going to make things yeah. a little bit difficult for us so yeah. hopefully something will come into place uh whether it is even uh bleacher reports and we can go there the next day even and be able to watch it um hopefully something happens that that it'll be available uh not only just north america wide but worldwide so we have a ton of wrestling fans in here here in canada that want to watch good wrestling and get, just give us a good way to do it please that's all i'll say please Dude, we, we canada has has put out some of the greatest wrestling talent yes N- not just fans but some of the greatest talent of all time i mean yeah canada is a huge hotbed for professional wrestling and mm-hmm. uh it it just it, it kind of needs to be seen again and hopefully um Hopefully it will be seen that we are a hotbed for this stuff and uh, maybe more things will happen like television programming yes. and even events. Speaking of which, this AEW weekly show, which is going to be on Wednesday, it appears, uh, I don't know if you guys have been seeing this as well, that it looks like they might be actually changing the name of the program because it looks like the tentative of one was Wednesday Night Dynamite, which... It was really kind of 50-50 on it. It looks like they might be changing it to AEW Revolution, might be the name of the weekly show. Out of those two, which are you, do you guys prefer out of that? I'm good with either, honestly. I mean, yeah. I like the Wednesday Night Dynamite. I thought it had a nice little ring to it. But remember, they trademarked all these names. They did. The Dynamite show long before they announced the TNT deal. Mm-hmm. And TNT and their Warner Media marketing people might have said, you know, hey, uh, we don't like Dynamite as a name. Um, you know, let's go with something a little, a little more, uh, abstract, um, mm-hmm. and revolution does the job, I, whatever they call the show. I'm just ready for October to get here so we can see it. What about you, Carl? I, I share the exact same sentiments. I really do. I mean, I do like Wednesday night dynamite. It kind of <clears throat> has that old, like uh, Monday night nitro kind of, uh, feel to it, right? Dynamite. Like it's just, it just kind of rolls off the tongue and has that nice little ring to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Wednesday Night Dynamite is is a pretty uh, pretty good name. But even if they call it Revolution, I'm okay with that as well. I mean, that's that's got so many different levels that it could be taken on. So it's going to be interesting to see. And, and like Ryan says, I mean, I am so ready for October to yes. get here. <laughs> and to go along with that too, for for my side of it here, Revolution or Wednesday Night Dynamite, either one of those I'm okay with. The, the The thing that I think that they really need to be careful on are those three letters before that. I think that when it comes to you know the TV guide or just your digital guide when you're scrolling through the channels, I think that they need to put up there all elite wrestling. If they just put AEW on the TV guide or the, the channel guide on your TV, some people might pass it by not knowing what it is. I think that they really need to spell it out, all elite wrestling. I didn't think about that, but that is a great, uh, and, and hopefully they will. And again, we all know all these TV executives and marketing people are a lot, are supposed to be a lot smarter than us. So hopefully they'll, hopefully. they'll realize that. 
Would you agree with that, Carl? That they that they I, should r- spell it right out. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. mean, eliminate any confusion. Any, anything that has a little acronym. I mean, yeah. you, you you don't know what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't know. Uh, for a while, uh, I, even here in Canada, right? <laughs> like I mean, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use them. Our, our friend Danny uh, with CWE. Uh, for a while, I, I had no clue what CWE was. I mean, I had seen, you know, like things about C, uh, CWE, whatever. It wasn't until it actually came out that it, that it was spelled, and I saw Canadian Wrestling's Elite that I was like, oh, wow, that's a, okay. That's a wrestling company. This mm-hmm. is pretty cool. You know, like I, I, I need to really look into this now. And I think the same thing needs to happen here. When flipping through those channels, if you see the word wrestling, it's if for a wrestling fan that's going to draw their eye, even for somebody who isn't a wrestling fan or even just a haphazard wrestling fan, <laughs> uh, if they see elite wrestling, not, not even just all elite, but if they just kind of scroll through and they see elite wrestling, they're going to be going, what's so elite about this? And they're going to be changing that channel to check it out. So you're right. All elite wrestling needs to be fully spelled out so that people understand what it is. Because just calling it AEW, I mean, that, that's fine for people that are already aware and have been watching the Road 2 series and the Being the Elite and all that. But to draw the new people in, they, they, they got to know what they're getting into. And having all elite wrestling will, will make it very clear that, okay, this is wrestling and this is something I haven't really seen before. Uh, we'll go then and check it out. And that's how you get yes. those new people interested yep. and willing to go click on it and check it out. <clears throat> That's right. Okay, so going from that to some more all elite stuff here, and this is going to be a bit of a trend here. And you know, near the end of the episode, we're we'll, going to kind of explain this. At all out, we're going to have a very interesting debut happen here. We're going to see the daughter of my favorite professional wrestler of all time make her debut. This is going to be very interesting. And who are we talking about here, Carl? We are talking about Teal. Piper, mm-hmm. the daughter of Rowdy Roddy Piper. This th- this is huge. Oh, this is yeah. a, a huge opportunity for Teal. Um, and I mean, I, I'm just going to throw out one other name uh, included with that, just to kind of give you a little bit of uh, um, uh, foreground on this. Mm-hmm. We're talking Ivelisse, Ivelisse Velez, yep. somebody who has been in the business for a while, somebody who has uh, worked for many different promotions. She was part of Tough Enough. She was, uh, you know, with the WWE for a little while. Yep. She's going to be part of this as well. So we're going to have a lot of different notable names mm-hmm. that are in this. Uh, and it, it's it's a women's battle royal, from what I understand, at yes. All Out. Um, and now to have Teal Piper come and make her debut at this with other uh, big time notable names in this contest as well. This is going to be something huge for her. And hopefully she is going to portray a little bit of daddy, whether it's, uh, you know, some type of um a music that uh, the daddy would have had or um, maybe a kilt or something like that, right? Just just a little something to kind of give a nod to uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper so that people understand this is actually lineage and, you know, family to Rowdy Roddy Piper and not just some uh, uh, MMA person who's pretending to be a professional wrestler uh, paying homage to uh, Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. What's your take on Teal Piper, Ryan? 
you know, when I first heard the name and I, I heard Teal, I was thinking Dusty Rhodes also has a daughter. The mm-hmm. other Rhodes child is named Teal, yep. his sister. Yeah. And so I heard Teal and I thought, oh, that's odd that they both named their daughters the same thing. <laughs> you know, honestly, I had never heard anything about her. Nope. Obviously, we know about Colt, uh, Roddy's son. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, but I, I didn't know anything about the daughter being involved in the business. And I'm just wondering if maybe she wasn't motivated to get involved in wrestling, seeing Rhonda out there wearing the colors and, and kind of coming out with the hot rod style t-shirt. You know, I, I've, I've never seen her. I, I no. know nothing about her as a performer at all. Uh, this was kind of a, a shock to me to find out that she was going to be appearing for AEW. Yeah. Um, but I'm interested. I mean, anything that has to do with Roddy Piper and especially <laughs> a, a second or third generation wrestler carrying on a family tradition, there's a built-in story there. And you know, I love stories. And she's literally making her start here. It's, it's maybe I'm, I'm reaching a little too far, but it almost, it feels like a diamond Dallas page type situation. I mean, she's getting into the, the industry at a rather old age. She's in her early mid thirties. So, you know, making a late start, but she definitely got the name behind her and it's going to be one of those wait and see type things. I, I think that, you know, if she even has just a, a, a minuscule fraction of the talent and the ability that her dad has, she'll do well. What I'm rooting for is for her to not fail. I don't want it to be an abysmal failure. Yeah. If she's if she gets in and she's passable, then fine. I, I hope that she doesn't, you know, do anything. I hope I hope that she didn't make a rash decision and AEW didn't make a rash decision just bringing her in here like this. That's the only catch. Now, Carl had mentioned that she's going to be part of this battle royal thing. And another thing that I think is really really cool with this, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, that they're going for this casino uh, type of thing again where they're going to have the suits to the people coming out and who they're going to have is the dealer and I hope that he's actually involved in the way that this is presented. Jake the Snake Roberts is going to be the guy dealing out the, the cards for this kind of thing and they did that in the promo for the other uh, row two thing there. I thought that was fantastic and he's like he's just he's meant for this kind of role. Jake yeah, the Snake I, I, Roberts I definitely is. Yeah. I mean that's the man The man can do absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. Like I, I am just amazed and astounded by by this man. I mean, from everything, it, just even in life, like everything that he has done in the wrestling business, everything that he has gone through, everything that he has has overcome and conquered, and just his road to who he is today is just amazing to me. And I am so happy that he is staying involved with professional wrestling and branching himself out, and not mm-hmm. just just subjecting himself to doing um you know like throwback raw nights raw and, and stuff like that <laughs> right like i i'm so happy that he's not doing that yeah. and, and this opportunity for him even to just to get his name out there with the uh, AEW crowd um is 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 twofold i mean it's going to be a, a boost for him because there's going to be so many people that are going to be watching, as well as I think having a name like the Snake Roberts going to be part of this in some fashion mm-hmm. is going to be a draw for people to watch and see as well. And the, the other thing too is that is it, it's just another example of, and, and Teal Piper is another example of that of AEW reaching back to the the greatest time in wrestling mm-hmm. and being that bridge from the past. To tomorrow, to today and tomorrow. You know, you've got the Rhodes boys. You've got Roddy Piper's daughter. You've got a lot. You've got Jim Ross there. You've got Jake the Snake, who, by the way, you want to talk about production value and really, really doing a great job putting together vignettes on this on this road to 
uh, series. And, and I mean, and just seeing Jake there in that dark room, perfect lighting, perfect setup, smoking a dart and throwing yes. cards on the table. It was, I thought it was beautifully done. And I think it's, if, if they produce their television show and their vignettes, like they have this online series, then it's going to be a hell of a fun show to watch. Absolutely. And actually that leads quite nicely into our, our next thing here that, that this row two series leading up to all out. And you, when you, when you put that up against these vignettes in this weekly, and I'm going to use finger quotations that nobody can see WWE creative. It's not even close. They, they, they in these little 10, 15 minute YouTube videos, they, they do more creative and it's more effective than this five hours of WWE television every week. It definitely is, and I mean, it's it, it's it's amazing to see just just the quality and production value that they're doing, and just just really thought process behind it all is is just top notch. It's it's something that that seems to be really thought out, really planned out, but kind of ad libbed almost at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not it's not cookie cutter. It's 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 very it feels very legitimate and feels very real. Now. I, on that whole thing, I, I have a question for you guys, and it's something that I've seen kind of floating around social media with all of the smart marks out there. Um, <laughs> this vignette that was done with with Jake, which Jake can can dominate any type of role that's given to him. Yep. You mentioned it, uh, Ryan, where he's uh, you know sitting there smoking a dart, smoking a cigarette. Um, I'm seeing a lot of negativity towards that. People saying that it's, you know, um, you know, making it look cool because Jake the Snake Roberts is doing it and it's a cool looking setting and it's, uh, you know, at the casino poker table and, you know, like people are, 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 are kind of bashing it going, does there really need to be all of that cigarette smoking and, uh, you know, glorification on that cigarette? I personally, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was perfect. It totally fit the setting that's there and it totally fits with what they were kind of going for because you got that old guy sitting there at the table with the cards smoking a cigarette. I thought it was perfect. But a lot of the smart marks out there are really throwing some heat towards it. I want your guys' opinion on that. Uh, Ryan, start with you, please. Well, a lot of people need to get a life. I mean, come on, you watch movies <laughs> yes. and you, know, you can't watch this movie because Samuel L. Jackson smoke and you know a cigarette in it or what? I mean, that's people smoke in life. Jake the Snake Roberts smokes. You know, yeah. it, it, people in casinos, if they're allowed to, I don't think you can indoors anywhere in America anymore. But people used to smoke. I mean, we're just coming out of a generation of people who, or my dad's generation, I guess, two generations ago. You know, where everybody you knew smoked, women smoked, men smoked. You smoked on airplanes, for God's sakes. I mean, it just, to me, if that's what people got out of the vignette, then you're not really a wrestling fan and you're not a fan of AEW. So everything that they do, you're probably going to criticize. That's the way I see it. I, I think what when you guys talk about the series itself, mm-hmm. what I think the strongest thing they've done is they've got multiple YouTube channels. So when they do these yeah. Road 2 series, it's very in-depth and very serious, where when they do Being the Elite, it's more tongue-in-cheek and a, a little wink and a nod and a peek behind the curtain and a ha-ha. And, you know, then they do some other series on YouTube, whatever it calls for. And it's been very versatile, and it's been a very effective way for them to tell their story before they get on television. So, you know, you've got some, while well, most of the audience will be very new to the product, mm-hmm. the people that have followed them along will be able to catch up the newbies 
because we've learned so much about these characters like Luchasaurus that no one had even really seen before, yeah. or Little Boy, or MJF, who has just really come on the scene in the last couple of years. I think the series itself and what they've done, if, if that's the biggest gripe people have is somebody was lighting up a cigarette on the video, then I think they'll be just fine. For me, when it comes to the Jake thing, you just you look at it. If you're somebody that I guess has never seen Jake Roberts in person, I could I could maybe understand where their people are coming from a little bit. But I mean, even just for for Carl and myself, we had, we had a chance actually the second time. The first time was when when we were kids and he came to our school, and this is when Jake was was really in trouble. To recently when he came with the CWE tour and we saw Jake in person and you know, he was helping set up the ring and then he would go and guess what he would go and take. Sm- he would go take a smoke break. I mean, he probably smoked like 10 or more cigarettes probably while he was there. It's just Jake being Jake. And with this vignette, they're just letting Jake be Jake and letting him be like a casino dealer. I mean, just, it just, it, it fits. And he's, he's, he's not really playing a character. He's just being Jake. And, and it, it's right, fantastic. The AEW, the AEW guys are so creative and clever that the next one, they'll probably have him like puffing on a candy cigarette. Just as a like a shot at all the critics and stuff. I mean, yeah. that's that's what they've been able to do. They have a license creatively to kill yes. with these YouTube channels. I, I say do whatever you want out there. It's on YouTube. If I'm looking it up on YouTube, obviously I'm a consumer. I want to see it. So yeah. I'm 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 on there to see you do whatever. Smoke cigarettes, smoke weed, whatever they do. I'm watching the show. So the people again that are complaining about that. It, they they probably don't have much interest in the product anyway, or if they do, they're just looking for something to complain about. Yeah, for sure. Okay, going from that, guys, to uh, another wrestling product, we're going to talk a little bit of WWE here. And if you notice, we're not really talking about the the big uh, thing kind of in the room here, and we'll get to that in our showstopper segment for this week. But something here that, that I want to touch on, uh, I thought this was really, really interesting, and I'm really questioning the thought process on it. So this is um, in an interview recently, the, um, the senior vice president of Fox Sports, his name is Mark Evans here. Um, he kind of addressed the, the recent downturn in the viewership and whether he feels like it's going to affect uh, Fox at all. And here's uh, the quote here. We feel we're going to present and how we're going to promote the WWE is going to inject it with such a new life. He said, it's going to be a home run for us. Does this guy believe his own BS? Like, it's, it's like for me, like just like that. Like, is this guy for real? Like, uh, did, did you just have the blinders on? Uh, you're, you're just it, it, oh, like, I, I, I'm so confused by this. Like, does this guy, this high up, really believe that things are just fine and dandy? Carla, go ahead because I'm too busy <laughs> giggling to myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I th- I think we're coming back to uh, our last our last podcast yeah, coming like- back to a same situation with Seth Rollins where this guy is given a piece of paper and says go out there say this make it believable because we have to have people believe in this and we have to have people believe in what you're saying I think that's exactly what it is uh, whether this guy believes his own BS or not I have no clue. <laughs> He might be one of those go-getters that are like all gung-ho and, yeah, we're good. This is going to inject new life into absolutely everything for us. And we are so happy to be on board with this. And we're going to be the change and make a difference with the world wrestling entertainment. Thank you very much. I think that he might believe his own hype. But us true fans who know what's going on, we don't believe it. You can see right through it. And to give you a little bit of context here, leading up to SummerSlam here, there were a bunch of, uh, I think the majority of them were SmackDown live shows. They had to cancel a whole bunch of them because nobody wanted to go. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, the biggest the, the thing with me, first of all, of course, the network people, they're not going to already say we've got buyer's remorse before the first show ever airs. You know, but true, yeah. I, I look at this situation and I hear people getting really aggressive about, well, they're going to put NXT on FS1 mm-hmm. and they're going to go live and they're going to go ahead and hit. As it stands, I mean, WWE needs to make sure they keep themselves off FS1 because if they're locked into a contract for Fox and they're not getting results on the main channel, they will move them to one of their other properties. Yep. I, no mistake. And and anybody that needs to an indication of what I think is going to happen with SmackDown is I think they will get their biggest ratings ever right out of the gate on mm-hmm. Fox because of curiosity and because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, a lot more people can get Fox than can get USA Network. Absolutely. I mean, it's an yes. open-ear terrestrial. So they automatically have a built-in bigger audience. But much like the XFL on NBC, I think you're going to see big rating – Smaller rating, smaller rating, minuscule rating. I think four or five months into this deal, Fox might be singing a little bit different tune because they've never done wrestling before. WWE's never done a weekly television show on terrestrial television before. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of things, a lot more things that could go wrong in this billion-dollar deal than could go right, especially with the state of the company right now. You had mentioned NXT going to FS1. Guys, if if that happens... The I won't say it'll be the end of NXT, but I mean it's going to be a very very different product and a very very different show if that happens. Because then Vince is going to have his hands all over it, and the the regular creative is going to have their hands all over it, and <laughs> and it's on a downturn right now too as an overall product for the last six to twelve months. It's it's yeah. not the same product that was before uh they've had a lot of uh, defections to the main roster um there's been some mistakes made they haven't elevated enough people into that main event level either at so what's happened on the on the wwe side of things and the nxt side of things i think nxt trying first of all i don't know that many people who watch it live on wednesday nights i think they watch it on the network when they get the chance Mm -hmm. so it's not appointment wednesday night television for everybody i don't watch it live most of the time i see it later that's what we're programmed to do. Mm-hmm. I think they try to go head-to-head against AEW with, with NXT. That will be a, a, a horribly failing experiment. No, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, going from that to... Uh, I don't want to say that this could be a failed experiment, but I'm just I'm getting visions of something in the past here. Now, if you've been following Turnbuckle for a long time here, going back, I don't know, what, four or five years now, Carl, when we interviewed Jeff Jarrett, has it been that long now? Uh, about that, yeah, about four years yeah. now. Because we, we we talked to Jeff, and at that time he was still looking to get the global um, global force wrestling kind of um, going, and he, the, he was telling us how you know they had a bunch of you know, basically he had a full season of this show in, in the can, and then they had no place to air it. So what I'm getting at here is Billy Corgan recently announced that they're going to start filming TV episodes for the NWA, and strangely they. Supposedly they want to air it in October, but I'm not seeing any kind of deal in place here at all. Could, could we be repeating history here? I don't know necessarily that we're going to be repeating history, just like uh, the Jeff Jarrett and Global Force Wrestling situation. Um, I, I think right now, Billy Corgan and the team that he had working on things with the NWA have been very 
good at what they're doing on YouTube with the entire uh, 10 Pounds of Gold series and anything having to do with the NWA. Um, you, you can watch different uh, uh, matches and stuff that have happened with the NWA recently on their YouTube channel. And I think that that could be the way that Corgan is going to start things out. Not necessarily that, that he's going to be going out there and um, you know, really going on to a television network, but more doing television online through different avenues like YouTube. And even on our last episode of Turnbuckle Talk, we talked about uh, YouTube and Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, he could expand even maybe over into uh, into the Twitch area. Um, just I think that's what's going to happen. And uh, if it does, I will I will be very happy with that because. Corgan's uh, going out there. He's put it. He's put the money into this. He's really done. I, I think, anyways, a very good job so far of rebuilding the name and the brand of the National Wrestling Alliance, putting the uh, world's heavyweight championship onto some uh, very, very good and notable people who have been able to carry it quite well. I think. Um, so it's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with this, whether it goes on to an actual television network or whether it stays on to an online type of media source. Either way, I think it's going to work for him because he's been building this for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And he's got different partnerships with uh, other different little companies around like um, uh, Championship Wrestling of Hollywood. He goes down there and, and and they do a lot of different stuff with the NWA and, and that company itself. Mm-hmm. So I think we may kind of see um, a resurgence of you know, going around and, and kind of doing uh, sh- different shows around there and then putting it out in that type of an avenue. Uh, hopefully for myself at least, hopefully this kind of turns into a little bit of a a bigger resurgence for the NWA and maybe we kind of get back to uh, different things like I don't want to necessarily go back to territory days, but maybe putting that name and that brand onto other companies would be, uh, I think, a a great thing as well. I I would love to see like um, NWA uh, championship of Hollywood or, you know, different, different little things like that. I have, uh, uh, Canadian wrestling federation, uh, Mm -hmm. up here in Canada is still going today, but it was actually part of the national wrestling Alliance at one time. Um, so I, I think I would kind of like to see it kind of build and grow to that, but it's going to be very interesting to see how. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, David Marquez, the owner of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, he was a—he uh, may have even been NWA president at one time when that was kind of moving around different places. But he was—he was part of the NWA as well, and, and I think that's mm-hmm. where that tie-in came from. Um, my my feeling is, any network they would get on, if they, if they would happen to get on a deal, just about any network they would land on would be a bigger TV deal than Impact has right now, and they've been around yep. seventeen years. So that's another frustrating thing for me as well, because, you know, as you guys know that I, I'm, I'm close to several people in the company, but they tell me nothing. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I don't know what's going on with them in access. I, I wouldn't even be shocked if access network might have an interest in the NWA. Yeah. My thing I've been saying, I've been saying this for a couple of years now is you get a good play by play guy and you put Tim storm on there as your color commentator, your mm-hmm. former NWA world champion, because he's, he looks the part. Yeah. He sounds, he's a smart guy. And you know, he can play that Dan Deardorff role, like just like the football color commentators, the former jock, 
who's given the insight. I think I think that would be I've, I've been saying for a while now that Tim is a is born broadcaster. So if they do do a show, I hope he's involved as, as a commentator and maybe sometimes getting involved in the action. Yeah. For, for me, myself here, as Carl says, I'm about to get very negative with Big Joe here. Um, <laughs> when it comes to this stuff, uh, a, f- a few big things here. Um, I don't think that enough people are even aware that the NWA really exists anymore. They, 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 we live in the, day, the age of the internet. Still no website for, for the NWA. They, I, I think that a, the average fan out here still doesn't really know that these guys are still around. And also, who do they have on the roster? I mean, I know they have Nick Aldis. I know they have uh, James Storm and and maybe a handful of other guys. If you're going to put on a, an hour or two hour show, yeah. you need a, a roster of people mm-hmm. for quite a while. It was Billy Corgan, Nick Aldis and the belt. Yeah, that was. Yeah. The day. And essentially, and I've been told this by a lot of people in wrestling, a lot of people who were part of the NWA, people that have have ran the NWA before mm-hmm. have told me that's essentially what it is right now. It's a name. And the title belt, yeah. and it, you know, I'm sure Eli Drake, he'll have a run with it, and they'll use him to market it. And, and I mean, it, it's at that point, it's just basically you're just booking the champ in yeah. different promotions, right? Now that's what it feels like they've been doing for two years. Yeah. So if they really want to settle down, like he said, they need a, a website, they need to have a better presence online, and they need to find a network that's going to work with them as far as their growing pains, because they will have a lot of them. Because you know, and rewinding the clock, you know, this is a show that. You and uh, Mr. Melkor were at in person at the seventh anniversary show. Now you were there in person, so you had a very, very different experience to us who were watching it live. That the production of that was awful. Uh, yeah, got, got to be honest. I mean, and, and these guys are looking to be on, on TV. The, the, I, I think it's too soon. And also on the commentary team, don't have Jim Cornette anywhere near this. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'll just say that right now. Don't have this guy with a live mic on color commentary on national television just saying yeah i think we, we were down in nashville uh just real quick when we were down there the thing that that struck me is yes there was an nwa 70th anniversary show yeah. but more than twice or maybe three times as many people just showed up for the legends yeah you know so they had a huge turnout mm-hmm. and of course the building was packed because there was a lot of leftover from that but the people who come for the name the nwa they came for dory funk or yep. Magnum TA, Magnum uh, or, or or seeing Cody. I mean, it's um, but outside of Cody Rhodes on that card, mm-hmm. I don't think that they had somebody that the people really packed up and, and drove into Nashville Absolutely to see. Not. There were people that came from 500 miles away, yep. but they were there to get autographs and shake hands with the legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the- I think that's 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 really comes back to to uh, what I had said there. That I think that really it's um, they they need to to just put it out onto something like. Um, YouTube right now because Joe you you mentioned that mm-hmm. you know they really don't have uh, you know that big of a following and people really don't know that they're you know kind of back and and yep. and still in existence at all this is the perfect way and opportunity for them to do that take some some guys get some guys to come in do a half hour show of an hour show put it out onto YouTube for people start promoting that on your Facebook page uh, you know make sure that you've got all the social media pages start putting it out there have people go there and see the product that you're doing to build towards bringing it back onto a television network I, personally that's the way that I would do it just so that I can show people that yes we are still in existence we are still putting on uh, wrestling matches we are still getting some notable names that are coming in and we want you guys to know and share it out to your friends absolutely yeah i just i just I think just jumping right into it to national television at this point I, I 
it's too soon. I, I think that, they're, that they could be biting off more than they can chew if they even get a deal. Because that's not a foregone conclusion whatsoever. That's I like right. The idea that Carl threw out Impact's feed on Twitch is is a blast because yeah. Yeah. it's interactive. Talk to the audience. You know, they have some personalities that are in the chat. Uh, Melissa does since they don't show commercials on Twitch. When yeah. it goes to a commercial break, Melissa Santos comes on and she interacts with the live the chat room people. And, mm-hmm. and it's just a totally it's a, just a really different, almost like their experience. I think the Twitch feed for a lot of while well, it's it's again it's not the same type of money that you're going to get. You can't monetize Twitch like you can having a network deal and getting that commercial revenue. But at the same time, if you want to, you know, kind of start out with your training wheels on, I think what Carl said, Twitch is a, is a great place for the NWA to start, build up that fan base, get your S together, so to speak. Yes. And, uh, and then make a jump to TV. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Start small and, and, and build up, you know, if the demand is, is there for it. Yes. Okay, guys, we're going to take a brief break here. We're going to come back with our showstopper segment. And this is going to be a little bit different because we're going to somewhat address the big thing that uh, we have been avoiding talking about. So we'll be right back. It's me, it's me. It's an Armin B to B. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially led up by the flagship show, Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run. This is Ryan Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Careful and our special guest, Ryan Bowman from TheGorillaPosition.com. We are back. Yes, we are, guys, and we are at everybody's favorite moment of the week during our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are at our show stopper segment. Yeah. All right, guys, and listeners alike here. As we're sitting here recording this episode of Turnbuckle Talk this week here, we are actually recording on the day of SummerSlam. Now, if you rewind the clock a year, we were actually sitting down with with you, Carl, with you, Ryan, and our, our friend uh, Rick Vickery. And we, were, uh, we did our SummerSlam roundtable, and we did our predictions for the matches and all and whatnot. We're sitting here, and we went this whole episode, and we barely even mentioned it here. Now, I think this is very, very telling of just kind of what's going on right now. This is, should be, for WWE, probably the number two show for the year behind WrestleMania. And like we said during the break here, off air, Ryan said, I don't even know half the matches on this card. And that's awful. Yeah, it's just, uh, to me, and I'm, I'm actually looking at them now. And uh, like I said, the ones that stick out in your head, obviously, everybody's looking forward to Styles and Ricochet. Um, and the big the title yeah. matches and everything, Jesus. but yeah, it's just and then there's a match on the pre-show to set up a match for Raw the next night, <laughs> which <laughs> it's just again it's just I don't understand the logic. You're now you're using pay-per-views to set up a TV show as opposed to the other way around. 
I don't know, Carl. What do you, I, I just to me this has just been a flat build. There's not a lot of excitement to it. We're going to get Lesnar and Rollins for what feels like the one thousandth time, or, or for the storyline that won't die. And I don't know, I, Carl. I just I have very very flat level of interest in this show. Unfortunately, I I do too. Am I going to watch it? Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I definitely am. I am actually off of work today, so I am able to watch it. Um, I'm excited because I'm finally going to be able to get to sit down and actually watch a pay-per-view, mm-hmm. um, which thankfully I'm able to do. But yeah, like, I mean, it, really, the I, I'm going to go through the only matches that I really knew about for this show tonight. Uh, we're, we're looking at Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler because yeah. there was this huge thing about, oh, Goldberg came back and whatever, right? And I don't even care. And then we've got Trish Stratus versus Charlotte Flair. Oh, boy. Um, Again, we're we're looking at uh, another name from the past that is uh, coming back. And I understand, you know, it's it's Trish's hometown, uh, Canadian girl. Uh, I love her to death. She's amazing. I've always been a fan of Trish, Um, a bigger fan of Lita, but always been a fan of Trish. Um, And then... We're looking Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, and I mean those were really the the the, the notable things for me. I, and again, because Brock Lesnar is a name back from from the past for me as well. I've always been a Brock Lesnar fan. The the rest of them, and I'm I'm just gonna, if you don't mind, I'm just gonna super quickly run through things here. Um, so we we're, we're gonna have Brock versus Seth, then we're gonna have uh, Becky versus Natalia. Uh, another, uh, you know, Canadian girl, Natalia there will be interesting to see what happens there. Kofi versus Randy Orton. I, I completely even forgot yep. about the, uh, WWE championship. Like it, it's just become so convoluted and mixed around in, in different things that I completely forgot about it. Uh, Trish versus Charlotte Beck or Bailey versus Ember Moon, which should be a phenomenal match. Don't get me wrong, but I, 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 I knew nothing about it. Even yep. even the build up to it, I'm going. Where did this any. even come from <laughs> right now? Uh, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. Over mm. the last couple of weeks, they've they've kind of done a a, a good thing. You know, kind of bringing Kevin Owens back in, having him do this this whole uh, heel thing with uh, uh, Shane McMahon. But it just seems way too quick that they put this match together for that. Not enough build up for it, and. They've added a stipulation that if Kevin Owen loses, he needs to quit the WWE, <laughs> um, which so right there. Yeah. Kevin Owens isn't going anywhere. No. Uh, Kevin Owens is winning this match tonight. Yes. Uh, Goldberg, Dolph Ziggler, AJ Styles versus Ricochet, which is is going to blow the roof off of the place tonight. Again. Uh, Finn Balor versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. I'm very interested in this as well, just because I know the work that the two of these guys can do. And I hope that they're going to allow them to go out there and actually uh, work a good match together. Um, and then you've got uh, Drew Gulak versus Oni Lorcan for the uh, Cruiserweight Championship, which, again, that 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 has potential to be a very good match. But I it just kind of seemed to come out of left field and I really didn't know much about it. So uh, this entire card, <laughs> there was like two or three matches yeah. that I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's happening this weekend. <laughs> yeah. The uh, this by my count, seven title matches on this card and. I mean, are you interested? I, obviously, I, I think Ricochet will go over AJ, and I, I'm going to call a shocker here. I think Ember uh, Moon. By the time in a couple of days, we'll know if I'm right on it. I think Ember might beat Bailey. That's a uh, possibility. Title match. Yeah. Um, but 
But other than that, I mean, one one problem is, and I hope AEW does things right since they get to start from scratch mm-hmm. and not have so many titles that it dilutes it. Because honestly, when was the last time you watched the U.S. title match and really felt like, boy, he's got the U.S. belt. That's important. You know, <laughs> the, the SmackDown women's title. They have so many championships that seem absolutely meaningless. And you're right, Carl. That starts with the main one, their longtime traditional world title. And this is not a shot against Kofi, but they've made it secondary to the universal title. They've made it they've made it almost, you know, an afterthought, which is a shame because that's their lineage. You know, and and it just to me, there's a whole lot going on here with this card that nobody cares about. You had just mentioned it there, Ryan. I think that's something that you know we definitely mentioned before, and I'm going to mention it again here, with with the how unimportant the U.S. title is. Because what, what what's been happening is you you have the whether it be AJ Styles or whoever they win the the bigger title first, and then they have them win the U.S. title later. It's supposed to go the other way around, so that that, that the U.S. F- title feels like a stepping stone to the bigger title as opposed to now it feels like it's a step down it's like well he won this so now you know we gotta get him something well joe as a canadian you're not allowed to talk about the u.s title like that only i can <laughs> damn it <laughs> well <laughs> then right. it all seems like the retirement belt yeah. once you've been yeah. in the main event and then you kind of step away from that mm-hmm. this is your consolation mm-hmm. right but uh for, for, for the matches the ones that ones that have my attention here i'll, I'll go through them so the Goldberg and Dolph Ziggler thing. The only thing I'm interested in that is to see if Goldberg will knock himself out before he even gets to the to the floor. Um, so I'll, I'll be curious to see that, or whether he'll just hit the door with his hand. If he's smart, you know, he's not gonna, you know, go flying headfirst into the, to the door like he did last time. Um, with Charlotte and, and Trish, this is one that re- that, re- that really kind of bothers me on a, on a couple different levels. So first, I don't know if you guys had a chance to see. I posted actually little uh, things of this on my my Facebook page. They did. I think it was. I believe it was yesterday. They did a YouTube video of Charlotte working on and training to get ready for this match with Trish. Did you guys see this? Okay. Yep. So why do you have one of your premier women wrestlers in the company having to train to get ready for a soccer mom who hasn't had a match in 10 plus years. Why does she need to train for this stuff? Trish should be the one having to get ready for this match. Not the other way around. The story is completely backwards. I thought she was training so that someday she'll be as good as Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> that could be true. That was, that was a little. Uh, that was a little shot fired for our buddy Rick Vickery, <laughs> right? But is is the story not completely backwards, or am I missing the mark on this one? Well, I, I don't think that you're really missing the mark on this, but I, I don't think that you saw that they actually had done um, uh, vignettes and, and little things as well for Trish doing uh, her workouts, and, and she was getting ready. And yeah. I don't think that the WWE really really had posted anything about that, mm-hmm. but Trish herself on her social media pages was showing um, the training that she was doing and how she was trying to get ready for this match and, and what she was going through and, and doing for this uh for tonight um and i and i i think that the wwe you're right they they, they kind of did things a little bit backwards they mm-hmm. should have taken that stuff that trish had posted and mm-hmm. then shared that onto their websites mm-hmm. and their facebook and their instagram as opposed to showing uh charlotte who uh, arguably is is the uh biggest and best you know female in the company kind Mm -hmm. of thing like that's how they're making her out to be um 
instead of doing it that way, they should have maybe put the focus a little bit more on Trish. And because Trish is the hometown girl and because they are in Toronto and because she is Canadian, you put a little bit more of that focus on on the Trish uh, side of things might actually have more people that are going, wow, Trish is really getting in back into shape. Wow, she's really doing some good stuff. Wow, we really need to watch this match now. Babyface. Yeah. She's the baby face. You yeah. Know, yeah. Heel on through the rocky training and, and climbing the mountain and all that. That I don't even have a problem that she's the older one and Charlotte's the younger one. Charlotte's the heel. Yeah. Why are you showing the heel doing all these courageous things to get ready for the match? <laughs> That's wrestling one oh one. You don't show the you don't ever put the heel in a positive light and show them the heel is always the person who cheats to win and and they they don't work as hard as the baby face this is old school booking that's simple yeah. simple logic and and why they're doing this unless they're planning on turn you know they're going to have the handshake at the end and trish puts her over and they're going to turn charlotte baby face then fine but as i'm watching that i'm going this is a baby face promo <laughs> yep a couple more things on this for, for myself with this thing regardless of who wins this Nobody gets over because nope. if Trish beats Charlotte, then then that that makes Charlotte look like a chump because she lost to somebody who's hasn't wrestled in I, I didn't even keep track of for how long. And if Trish if if Charlotte beats Trish, well, it's like well yeah we know you, you just you should have she she barely wrestles so that that doesn't get her over either. It just regardless of the scenario, nobody gets over. I don't understand it. I mean, it's it's either so Charlotte can be the bigger heel to come out the next night and yeah. rub it in everybody's face that she beat Trish in her hometown, yeah. or like I said, and again, we'll know by the time this posts. But maybe it's a they have a good match and they shake hands, and that's the start of a Charlotte face <laughs> turn. That that's the only thing you could get out of this is hey, we want to do something to show yeah. Charlotte as the premier female. We want to give her her spot yeah. back above Becky. And the only way we're going to do that is by turning her baby face. And maybe it starts with this match against Trish. I don't know. If she goes out there and just literally beats the hell out of Trish or, or, or wins the match, a close match, a competitive match, you're right. It makes Charlotte look bad. If they go, you know, 15 minutes and she's having a trouble pinning this, as, as you said, soccer mom, as I think Carl said, soccer mom, you know, it looks it, it reflects poorly on on Charlotte. So other than the the appeal of bringing Trish back in her hometown, and I love me some Trish Stratus, mm-hmm. and I think she's great for wrestling. I think she's a great person. Also, uh, you know, I, I love that she'll get that hometown pop. Um, but like Joe said, it's kind of a go nowhere match. Yeah. Uh, for, for one more thing on this particular, I don't want to really pick on this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a little bit from our, our friends Jargo and, and Rick from the Hitting the Marks this week, and they talked about. Jargo specifically saying that that Trish gets too much credit for being for being good than, than she really kind of deserves because at the time you know with the exception of Lita, I mean there really wasn't anybody else worthwhile. And to to quote Jargo specifically, Trish was the smartest retard in the slow kids class. Um, and a little politically incorrect there to say the least, but I mean when you kind of look at it and who she had to work against, it's kind of hard hard to argue against that. Yeah, well, I, I always used to say the tallest guy to midget conventions, and <laughs> right. I don't feel as politically incorrect as I used to. But, no, I agree, and I think that they've overhyped that. Trish really got over based on her beauty more yeah. than her wrestling ability. It, she was a, a C-plus, B-minus yeah. wrestler at best in the ring, and now yeah. she's nowhere near the level of even the average girl mm-hmm. in WWE. Uh, and, I mean, I'm not saying now. I mean, in her prime, she would have been just another competitor today. Yeah. You know, um, um, at the same time, you had Trish, you had 
Rita later on they had Gail and Mickey come along and it got a little bit better. Um, and the most fantastic stat I found out about Trish Stratus recently is she's been with her high school sweetheart her entire life. Yeah. Yep. Did not know that. So when they were doing some, I, I'd read some stuff, some stuff that they had put out about in Toronto about her making her comeback. And I had no clue about that. I wonder how many wrestling marriages last that long. Probably not. Probably <laughs> oh, not very many. many. So if, for me, for SummerSlam, it's not entirely negative. There is one match that you had mentioned, Carl. It's really the only one I'm interested in and that has had, in my opinion, what's been a proper build. And that's Finn Balor versus... Finn Balor versus The Fiend or Bray Wyatt or whatever you want to call him. Maybe they've been doing this thing with Bray Wyatt for a long time now. And, you know, had him go after McFoley and, and, and then Finn Balor and they're going to have this match. And it's going to be very curious to see how, how Bray is going to actually gonna be in the ring now. And that this one I have some legitimate intrigue for. So, you know, it, it's not all negative when it comes to SummerSlam, but this is really the only one that I feel that has been kind of done right leading up to this point. I, I have to agree with you. It, it definitely has. Um, and I think that this is really, like you said, about the only one that's really been given any any real yeah. um, hype to it. Um, and it, it just, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're, we kind of really got off of what we were, you know, <laughs> talking about at the beginning here and kind of mm-hmm. came into a preview here. But yeah, like just this in, entire buildup to everything with this show has just kind of been um, really negative throughout the entire thing and and i'm gonna be that person i'm, I'm gonna be big joe right now i'm gonna throw out <laughs> a little bit more negativity on Sweet. this um so drew gulak and uh oni lorkin that's pre-show uh, yep. apollo cruz and buddy murphy um and, in a singles match that's pre-show um alexa bliss and nikki cross who just won the uh women's heavyweight or tag team championship match uh taking on former champions billy Kay and uh peyton royce the iconics that's pretty that going to be pre-show <laughs> and we have no intercontinental championship being defended <laughs> anywhere on this show oh. what the heck is going on like Just, I don't know where the booking mind was for this, but you've been playing up this entire whole thing with with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross winning these belts, and now you're having them defend the belts against the former champions on the pre-show and not even having anything with the Intercontinental Championship on the show is just right now blowing my mind. I'm sure well, the this thing fiend better pay off because it's 12 weeks of TV yes, to sir. get him to the ring. So yes. that better be the, one of the best matches on the card because yeah. it, you've invested a lot of time, a lot of money mm-hmm. into yeah. the character. So he better go out there and blow me away because quite frankly, I wasn't too impressed with, I, I thought the vignettes were silly. I thought it was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not that turned on by the new character like everybody else is. Um, but you know what? The same thing. You had 12 weeks of TV to build up that match in 12 minutes to build up Goldberg and Ziggler. I mean, that, that's, the, that's yeah. the difference between this. You have these long arcing storylines like KO and Shane and Balor and Wyatt and, and Brock and Seth. And then you have these throw in matches like yep. Trish and Charlotte and, and, and really for that matter, AJ and Ricochet, that's been a, a really quickly booked program. Kofi and Randy, you know, yes, all these guys have history because they've all been in the company forever. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you want to talk about their background history, they've all got history with each other. They've all been there 10, 12, 15 years. So they, they've already all met. Uh, but it just, it, again, I look at some half the matches, there's a long arcing. We really put in some work, whether they, you know, I, I respect that, whether I like the storyline or don't, I at least respect the fact that they're looking long-term booking. But half the card is just 
half-assed thrown together. That That's just the way I see it. Yeah. One more thing before we go here, guys. I'm just hoping because we're, we're looking at uh, all these matches for this. We're looking at probably, what, like a six or seven hour show when you include the pre-show. And I, I just don't want there to be a whole bunch of this. And this gets to a, a bit of a bigger topic. Uh, you know, we could probably spend a lot of time talking about this, but we want to wrap up pretty soon here. I don't, I don't want too many of these, especially the main event matches, to be these situations where it's like a 30-plus minute long match where it's like... F- Close pinfall, false finish, false finish, false finish. Because this last night we had the NXT Takeover event, and we had uh, Gargano versus uh, Adam Cole, and uh, it ended up being what like a fifty-minute match with just like countless false finishes. Like this has been just done too much now, and I gotta say it's it's a we've been seeing a lot of it with NXT, and it's been like kind of putting up with it so far to this point but like now it's just like it's being done to death now and the false finish thing i just it, it's lost all its meaning and all its value at this point they, they, it's being overdone it's being done too much i think in my opinion ryan you take this i was gonna say i i was openly complaining about this last night everybody <laughs> so I, I got a lot of messages from people but you know i i literally sent a message to pd williams and said they just killed your move yeah Canadian destroyers, or whatever he calls it, it's the Canadian destroyers named after a wrestler who passed away. So mm-hmm. please, just you know, like Petey said, just use the name because it's named for someone who's deceased. Mm-hmm. You know, but but I, I I just don't get it. I mean, this, I, and I said last night, it's everybody's trying to be Omega and Okada, and now I, I made a mistake when I typed that. What happened about twenty years ago, a little over twenty years ago? These two guys, Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn, mm-hmm. put on some matches in ECW that every indie guy for 20 years tried to copy. Yep. Every big match on the indies tried to be that false finish, big spot, false finish, big spot. And now it's those guys that for 20 years were doing that on the indies, now they're in the WWE. So, yep. I mean, to me, it's a product of 20 years of indie wrestling where there's really no nobody having, holding the whistle and having any control, and the guys going out and booking their own matches. Well, those same guys have been basically – agenting their own matches on the indie level now they're doing it at the top and it's it looks i mean it looks horrible to me to hit a a, a clear-cut finisher on a guy on a chair or or <laughs> onto a ladder or something yeah. and you get a two count that's at a certain point there is what i like to call audience fatigue mm-hmm. and you get tired of going one two oh <laughs> i mean yeah. come on I'm sorry. I, I'm 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 hot about this one because I think it's yeah. ruining I, more than anything that I've railed against the past. I've never been a big fan of the intergender thing, blah blah. But what goes on and the way these matches are laid out with these guys? First of all, this rehearsing in the back thing that makes it look plastic. It looks like I, I've said it a, a few times. I've said it in conversation with veterans. It looks like Texas line dancing. <laughs> Everybody knows true. all the steps, but it's got no rhythm. Yep. And that's exactly what NXT's become. And most of the booking in their matches, especially their important matches, it's 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 a ballet. It's a Texas line dance. Everybody gets up, they do the moves, but there's no emotion and there's no rhythm to it. Could have said it better myself. Yeah, I think that says it all. Okay, that about wraps it up for this week, guys. But before we go, before we do, uh, before we end things off here, for those who have been possibly living under a rock or have been listening to this for the first time, Ryan, tell us about thegorillaposition.com. 
Uh, TheGorillaPosition.com is the website that my partner and Michael Melkor founded a little over two and a half years ago. And uh, we always say we're telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers, where we we talk about more opinions and features and thought-provoking columns as opposed to spoilers and uh, backstage gossip. We're not really into all that stuff. So it's a little bit different type of website. Uh, As you said earlier, I do a column called The Power of the Pen. Please check me out on Mondays whenever I actually have time to write these days. It's, it hasn't been weekly as much lately mm-hmm. <laughs> because I have a new house now and I'm doing a lot of work around there. Um, and, and you can always also check out my my business partner, Michael Melkor, either running a camera or a sound or something for Al Snow <laughs> and Ohio Valley Wrestling. And they're going live here in a month or so yes. uh, on, on local television. So he's got a lot going on on that side of things as well. And of course you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K Bowman, Facebook, Ryan K Bowman. Usually if there's something really ridiculous going on on TV, uh, <laughs> some wrestling that looks terrible, my Facebook page is kind of a fun place to be at because uh, we all start, you guys jump in and yes. Rick and Jargo jumps in and Melkor jumps in everybody from the gorilla. We kind of, <laughs> we've all forged this little, uh, dysfunctional family that we have and uh we all like to weigh in there on facebook whenever the show is there so i always like when people drop by there awesome i think we'll definitely be seeing more of that today <laughs> For probably sure. this evening there might be some some serious complaining <laughs> absolutely <laughs> okay uh before we before we head out to carl let us know about our sponsors that's right speaking of mr melkor and his relationship that he has with al snow and ovw people we even have a little relationship with al snow and that is collar and elbow brand.com i today again as always am sporting my collar and elbow brand fitted hat i love this thing i've had it for uh it feels like 15 years because it just fits so nice but it's only been about a year at a year and a half now people go and check out collar and elbow brand.com the hats the shirts the shorts the sweatpants the everything that is there is just top quality and top notch you will not be disappointed with anything that you get from there Make sure you use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and get yourself 10% off your entire order, whether it's their brand new drops or their clearanced merchandise. We also have sponsors that are vape sponsors. That's right, people. I am a vape. I quit smoking after 20 years of smoking. I quit using a vape. If you are a vapor like myself, check out HypeCityVapors.com if you're in the United States. They make some great quality flavored e-juice. Check them out. Use promo code JKPODCAST. You'll get 15% off your e-juice order. If you are local in my area in Sault Ste. Marie, check out Silly Rabbit Vape Shop down on Queen Street. You all know where that is. Go check them out. Stop in the shop. Tell them that you are a Turnbuckle Talk order and that you want the Turnbuckle Talk discount. Check them out down there. You will get 10% off hardware and e-juice for your vape. No matter what you buy, you will get that 10% off. Of course, and to listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, on Google Play, iTunes, CastBox, all those other podcatchers out there. And, and of course, as we mentioned, we are a proud part of the Roar Network, powered by thegrillposition.com. And 
also part of the HDM Podcast Network. We're currently, we're actually running a GoFundMe. So if you guys wanted to uh, support uh, that network, uh, we just needed a little bit of help to, to help pay for the, for the hosting for coming up for the next year for all of our shows there. So if you feel inclined to, to support, uh, head over to, uh, you can go to my Facebook page or the HTM Podcast Network page and uh, over there and you can uh, contribute to that GoFundMe if you so feel inclined to do so. And we will make sure that we put the links for that as well into all of our social media pages. We're only on the big three. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We are on Twitter, people. Check us out at TB Talk Pod, and we will make sure that we have links there as well if you guys feel inclined to help support and give another year of podcast from Turnbuckle Talk to you on the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. All right, guys, that about wraps up for this week. We are going to go subject ourselves to several hours of torture with SummerSlam, and we will see you guys on the next one. Ciao. Hi, this is Abbas, host of Tables, Abbas, and Chairs, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk on the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. Cheerio.